What do you remember about Larry Zimmer? Well, I tell you what, he was a jack of all trades. Uh, he could do just about anything uh, involving a microphone, and uh, uh, he was pretty good at not showing bias. And uh, he uh, has a wonderful family, and uh, he always uh, you, you can tell he always cared about his family, his wife Bridget, and their children. I didn't know his children, uh, but I've known Bridget for a long time, and uh, he was. Uh, you know, he was a fixture. It's, it's, you know, him and Bob Martin used to do the Bronco games way back when. I mean, uh, going back to how, how far back were they doing the Bronco games together? Back Man. Early 80s, maybe? I don't know. Yes. But uh, anyway, but Larry was, hey, Larry was a good guy. 88, I didn't realize he was 88. Yep. He, was old. He, never, he never seemed old to me, you know, but uh, I guess that's... Uh, that's the path of life. It was interesting. Uh, Joe Williams is here. We're waiting for Sandy because uh, Sandy worked with with Larry. I skied with Larry. We used to ski together, and uh, and Bridget, of course, uh, saw Bridget Zimmer yesterday. And you're absolutely right. I mean, that was a team. And but the thing, I guess, was the the funeral itself. And I, I didn't go to the reception. And it was all. And I, I said it to somebody. You hadn't seen so many of these faces for so long. It's like it's like a like a wanted poster in a post office. You know, oh, that's what that guy looked like. And now they're, you know, what was the line from Jerry Jeff Walker? These are heroes of our country, and why are they all dressed up like these old men? And yeah. just a bunch of old guys sitting there. And I thought, and you could tell the old athletes they still had that that sense of themselves. You know, it was. It was, it, and it was, you know, he was, he was 88, as you point out, so. Yeah, Ron Egloff was there, Rich Carlos oh, was yeah, there. Oh, yeah, tell among the Rich, others. Tell, tell, yeah. The, tell the story about Rich that you told me. <laughs> oh, you know, back in the, back in the 80s, uh, when Rich was struggling, he went through a period there where he struggled a little bit, as everybody does. Hey, we all do, right? And uh, I felt it my duty to uh, more or less take the lead and, Let's see about uh, maybe finding a replacement for him. And I started my Ditch Rich campaign uh, at the time. And, <laughs> you know, I'm surprised he still talks to me today. What a classic guy he is. But, I mean, we got over that a long time ago. And I got eventually got back on his got back on his side But uh, yesterday. So, I, and I haven't seen him, Pete, I'll bet, in 20, 25 years. So he comes over to me, and the first thing he says to me, Ditch Rich. <laughs> they never forget. They never forget. Never forget. <laughs> no. He is, no. He's, what a great guy, though, oh, Carlos. Yeah, he's Just a great guy. He's currently running the NSCD in Winter Park. And uh, mm. I had dinner with him, I don't know, two, two, three, two three weeks ago. And um, But in that era of the Denver Broncos... And now to see Gratishauer going into the hall, God, that's that's yeah, that was good. That's good to see. He should have been in a long time ago. He's uh, uh, one of the most dominant players of his generation. I, I can't. I, well, I say I can't believe it, but uh, going back to those Orange Crush Broncos, uh, you know, you didn't get nearly the exposure. Uh, it seemed like that they did back east. I mean, Jack Lambert, who of course played for the Steelers, was a wonderful player. But uh, he certainly wasn't superior to Gratishar. and uh, But he played back east. He played on some of those great Steeler teams. 
something that Randy that didn't, you know, the Broncos were never really great back then. They had a great run with the Orange Crush. We all remember that and make those miracles happen. Mm-hmm. But it's good to see Randy and uh, Woody Hayes called him the best player he ever coached. Oh, no. he. I had, yeah. I had a line a long time because I mean, Woody, as the story goes, and I've seen the clip many times, Woody punches that guy, right? From yeah, Bauman. Yeah, Clemson. Charlie Bauman, yeah. And did, that, in essence, ended his career, did it not? That pretty much did, yeah. And Yes, it did. And Gratishar said, and Gratishar was from, why do I remember this, Champion, Ohio. Uh, you're right, that's it. And when we first met, mm-hmm. we, we talked about something that's only known for that little segment that I grew up in and he grew up in. The the fried bologna sandwich, and we talked about, and you had the the bologna when you put it in the frying pan, it would make like a little volcano hump, and you had to take a fork and punch a hole in that to let the air out. And we talked about growing up, and he talked about his mom and dad, and and uh, but he said the greatest guy, and he he championed if you could, Woody. He said all these wonderful things about Woody, and I'm thinking. Man, everybody that I was reading was really death on Woody Hayes. But he said, no, he was really a great man. So what do you do with that, right? Well, he was, and he was a, he was also a historian and uh, studied all the generals and all the wars. And, you know, I never, I, I never got a chance to meet him. But, of course, uh, talking to players like Randy who played for him, and, I mean, he was quite a character. It ended badly for him there at the end. Uh, he was kind of old and crusty, yeah. and uh, you know, and uh, some of the bad, uh, uh, the worst version of himself showed up right there at the end. But I'm sure there were better versions. And you talk to your play to his players, and they all had much respect for him, and had some great stories. Randy was telling us stories about they'd come out at practice, and he would have uh, they whether they had a good practice or not, he would pretend like it wasn't, and he would tear off his watch and stomp yeah. on it. Yeah. And it was one of these three dollar ninety nine cent Walgreens specials, yep. you know. Yep. <laughs> the other just to get their just to get their attention. The you other, know, they, Woody Hayes, the old three yards of the cloud of dust. That's where that came from. The other night, Woody Hayes. The other night, I'm cruising some late night TV, and I come across a documentary done not not with uh, with O'Brien, Pat O'Brien playing uh, Newt Rockney, but a, a um, a documentary made about Newt Rockney, and my father always said Newt Rockney got a pass. <laughs> it was like you know your dad would say stuff about sports people, boxers and ball players, and like he was on the inside. He said, "Ah, Rockney got a pass. Like he wasn't yeah. as good as they thought." How good was Rockney? I don't know, Pete. You know, you read I, all I, the most I know about him is watching those old movies. Yeah, George Gipp with Ronald Reagan. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Uh, and of course, he uh, was killed in a plane crash. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, uh, I think, he was credited more or less with bringing the game yeah. kind of forward into the. You know, he had those uh, box formations, yeah. and I think every once in a while they'd throw a forward pass. Yeah. Something that was unheard yeah. of in the early days, and uh, but uh, mostly, you know, if you want to find, and that, who knows how much of that stuff that's in those movies, those old movies are true. Oh. But obviously, you know, his uh, 
His legend is secure in South Bend yep. and always will be. Remember, we watched that stuff. Joe Williams is here. Um, watched Burt Lancaster playing, um, come on, um, the great Native American ball player. Um, that Jim, would Jim be Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe, yeah. And mm-hmm. that, was that, how accurate of portrayal was that? Him playing I Jim? don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I remember I was at uh, the uh, 1912 Olympics, and uh, uh, they were in uh, Sweden, I That's believe right. it was, as the story goes. And uh, King Olaf, I think his mm-hmm. name was, uh, at the end of those, uh, proclaimed uh, to uh, Jim Thorpe that you, sir, are the greatest mm-hmm. athlete in the world, to which uh, Thorpe replied, Thanks, King. Thanks. <laughs> well, that's that's the that's the that's the Louis Armstrong story. When he, you know, when he and he says this this was for you, Rex. He called uh, yeah. called the King Rex. No, there. Uh, no, I mean those guys. I think back in that time, were they when we talk about you know lack of of sophistication, if that's the right thing to say, prize fighters and ball players and baseball players and. They were they were they were tough guys. I mean, tougher maybe. I don't know if they're tougher than modern guys, but they seem to come off the bottom of the deck. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. I I don't know about the the football, but the prize fighters and the boxers, they definitely were because that was back way way back then. That was their way out, okay. and you you would have you know ten or eleven guys, as you well know, being a fight uh, mm-hmm. fight fan. Yeah. Like I am, I'm no historian, but I'm a fight fan, a big time fight fan. Those guys came out of uh, everywhere, and uh, to try to fight for the title. Unlike today, where you know you're hard pressed to find more than four or five guys you would pay a nickel to watch fight. Back then, I mean, it was a knockdown drag out, and of course, uh, the mob controlled a lot of those guys. A lot of stuff that went on that we didn't know anything about, but. You know, people, you know, and I was more or less raised on a fight game by my dad, who wasn't much of a baseball fan or a football family, but he was a big fight fan, and he boxed in the Army. And uh, he, he he's the one that kind of brought me into the sport. But, you know, p- 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 fighters who are rarely today are ever mentioned. I mean, everybody knows about Joe Lewis, of course, and that many think he was the greatest. Everybody knows about Robinson, you know, but uh, people like Ezra Charles, who most people never heard of, Ezra Charles would be a champion today. The Cincinnati Cincinnati Cobra. The Cincinnati Cobra, that's him. You know, just guys like that, and there were so many of them, you know, that uh, were trying to get ahead and trying to get up. Uh, You know, we've talked about Archie Moore, who, of course, is – in his own right, as one of the, one of the top fifteen fighters in, in, in history, uh, but because of uh, segregation, that's part of because it. because he was so good. Yep. You know, he never got a title fight until he was like in his thirties. Yeah. I mean, never even got a, never even had a chance to fight for the title. That's all part yeah. of it. It's Joe Williams yeah. is here, Peter Boyle, seven ten. We're talking about the Super Bowl, but Joe and I always do this, and I can't get enough of it. The fact that. That black kids, inner city black kids, prize fighting, and I always say the history of prize fighting is the history of the underclass. If you want to read the history of the underclass of our country, 
the underclass produces the champions and went through the Irish period with John Sullivan and you know and those, and those guys even Dempsey and then it moves into uh, the era when when finally when finally a black man's allowed to fight for the strap Joe Lewis after Jack Johnson and but there are all these great guys like Stanley Ketchell and Harry Greb and like I said the guys that you and I were raised on and read about and um, and and knew who Henry they were. Armstrong. There, there's a, there you go. There you go. Fritzy Zivic, the sweet swatter from Sweetwater, Lou Jenkins. Yep. And <laughs> Fritzy Zivic was a, he was a Pittsburgh guy. Yeah. And so yeah. Billy Kahn and yeah. Fritzy Zivic and all all those guys and we we knew who they were. You know, I've I've often said you know in in talking with you know the guys who are growing up, Joe, we we knew who held the belts. We knew who. Um, who were the one, two, three contenders? I can't. I can no longer. I couldn't do that today. To oh, they, no, nobody can. Yeah, there's too. There's too many belts. There's yeah. too many sanctioning organizations yes. who uh, really uh, are unsanctioned, but they chase yeah. themselves. And next thing you know, they've got champions in every weight yeah. division. I mean, there's 35 people, and I couldn't name 20 of them. So. Yeah, and then also now the history of the of the of, of fighting, it's now Russians and uh, a lot of a lot 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 of a lot Latin, of Europeans, yeah, yeah, Latin mm-hmm. Americans, and mm-hmm. but it's still it's an underclass thing. Uh, those guys coming and you know they they want they they want the money, they want the future. There was there was promise to um, e- even even Rocky Marciano, and I'm a I'm a I'm a Marciano fan. But you know he, he, they came out. They came out of the tough part of it was Brockton, I think, Brockton, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. Marciano uh, uh, maybe a little overrated, you know. But mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, a high, highly acclaimed. And what was he? Forty nine and zero. And he walked. He shut it down. Yeah, yeah. He and, sure did. And he just put the belt on and walked away. And he was also a plane crash death. Died in a plane crash, but but I mean, and they were like when I was a kid. We knew who they were. We knew prize fighters, and I think today, like my grandson knows ball players, and he knows. But if I said to him, you know, who's the reigning heavyweight champion of the world, he he couldn't tell you. But but you know, Pete, now nowadays these athletes have so many other avenues. That's it. To success. That's it. They, you know, football and basketball. I mean, the NFL. There was no money in the NFL uh-huh. in the forties and the fifties. Uh, you know, they didn't, uh, it wasn't anything nearly like what it is today. And all those guys now who go into the NFL or they, they go into, uh, basketball, or they go into baseball yeah, sure. or whatever it is, you know, uh, the MMA, whatever they go sure. into, you know, uh, they've got so many other ways to, uh, get out of their circumstances and, uh, that they, that really did not exist. So they all went to try and tried their hand at the fight game. And uh, competition, as we both know, was really fierce mm-hmm. back then. And the eighth or the ninth-ranked guy in the world uh, in most of those weight classes today would be a champion. You know, no, absolutely. Joe Williams. Yeah, there was just more to pick from. No, I absolutely so. believe that. And you know, there were fight clubs, and um, my brother fought in, in in a fight club. I mean, he was good enough. I was never good enough, but my brother was. And he was. You know, we we have a. We have a we have a bill, you know, that he's third guy, you know, third fight of the night, and that kind of stuff. So he was he was moving. He was, but there were they were they were, they were called ACs, athletic clubs, and guys went and, just you know, get a you know, Pete, just good enough to get your brains beat out. That's all it was. 
put them big headgear on you and oh yeah you're going in there yeah. oh you know there's nothing nothing going to teach you a lesson quicker than that they call your name and you got to climb in there there you go they had yeah. smokers and all that kind of stuff and it was like but just about everybody i don't know if they said want to do but everybody sure gave it a shot and uh and and now i think you're absolutely right but in the underclass of the world now is the is, are the fighters, the Gypsy King, and all these guys? They're they're great. I mean, they're they're good fighters. But what what would they have done against the Nali? Or yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, this guy who's the champion now, this Tyson Fury, right. yeah. he is a big guy and oh. he can box. Yes, he can. He he he's not just a slugger. He can box. Yeah, he, that's uh, right. So guys like Deontay Wilder, they mm-hmm. just throw you know they basically throw roundhouse rights and hope something connects. But uh, they're no match against somebody like Fury, who can't actually box, and obviously he's a big guy and he can punch. I think he could have held his own with a lot of them. I but, do too. Uh, you I, know, I, I uh, but he uh, the competition now is is just not so much. You know, it's not there. Huh. It's hard to measure these guys. Is what I'm saying. Before we break and come back and talk about the Super Bowl, pound for pound, when people get to ask, who's your favorite? Joe Williams is here. Who's your favorite prize fighter that you can, or even the top three well, or four? Well, my, fa- my favorite fighter was Tommy Hearns. Yeah. All right. I, when he was when he fought at 147, he could knock you out. with. I mean, he was unbelievable. I think the, the hands down, the pound for pound title, and I, I trust not only what I saw, but I only saw him in the latter stages of his career on grainy television, mm-hmm. Friday night TV, and that was Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah. Walker and uh, I, I never heard of anybody, honestly, that was in the fight game for any amount of time who ever said anything different. And uh, I, I think even Ali would. But yeah. you know what? A lot of people like Lewis. Yeah. And a lot of guys that, uh, that, that saw them all, and they'd still go with the Brown Bomber. The thing about Lewis, to me, is the same thing about Jackie Robinson, about so many other people, Tank Younger. They took the heat. And uh, Lewis is not, there's a, so many wonderful books written about Joe Lewis. But Joe Barrow was his real name. But he, he. Um, yeah, I knew his son. I worked with yeah, him. Yeah, sure, sure. When I met his son, talked to him a number of times. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, after Jack Johnson, they were just not going to allow that to happen. And and Lewis had to act a certain way and be a certain way to get that shot. And um, well, he did, and, and of course, he came along at the, the exact right time for indeed. a person of his circumstances because of Germany and Max Schmeling right. and all that. And how he destroyed him and he immediately became a hero, yeah. and uh, not just to uh, the black community, but also everybody to uh, everybody, everybody just because of uh, the way he destroyed Schmeling. There's, there's these two, but, he was, but you know what? They turned their back on him later on, treated him. Poorly. Oh, sure. He was not treated right, and of course, like uh, all of us, he had uh, he had uh, uh, he made mistakes. Yeah. That's right, yeah. like all of us. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, the way he the way he ended up was not the way it should yeah, have been. I agree. But but uh, no doubt he uh, his he cast a large footprint on the boxing scene. And yeah, I know one thing. I know you know people like my father. So there's nobody like him. I no. mean, still. 
There were two, and, uh, two moments in boxing history. One is um, the, the fight in Cuba with Jack Johnson, and the Pinkerton seized the film because it was a black man beating a white man. Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't want Jack, Jack Johnson. To, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that was... <laughs> For by all accounts, he was he might have some people think he might have been the greatest. I don't know. I never saw him fight. I just know what I heard. Yep, I just know what I heard. So and then the other one, well, the other one was Joseph Goebbels pulling Mm -hmm. pulling the pin when when the bomber is beating Schmeling and he and they they stopped that fight. They didn't let and they had gone through the Olympics. Remember, they had gone all through this stuff with Jesse Owens and. Uh, they were going to be, you know, they were so much better, and at really critical moments, they're not, they're not to be, you know, not to be passed up. They were really amazing times. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, I uh, every once in a while I get to go back and read some of that stuff oh, and uh, just to catch up on it. And uh, it was uh, those were people of their times, oh. that's for sure. And, and uh, you you like to see what, and there's no question that competition. There was uh, ten times what it was today, just because of you know circumstances mm-hmm. and how things were, and uh, more people just it was a natural. It was a they were just gravitated towards the ring because mm-hmm. they figured that was their way out. And that's where the money was mm-hmm. because it certainly wasn't in uh, you know in, like in Dempsey in the night in the Roaring Twenties. Dempsey was more popular than Babe Ruth. Absolutely. I mean, I, I you know that that's a fact. Oh. Uh, boxing and horse racing. That's that's what went over back then. And uh, uh, Dipsy, who came out of Manassas, the Mauler, you know, who must have been something. You would, oh. you know, he wasn't all that big guy. He must have been something, though. <laughs> Wouldn't you think, Pete? I mean, oh, to beat all, all those guys. All the pictures of him when he needs oh, to shave. Yeah. And, oh. yeah, I know. I mean, I always said, you know, like there was a great documentary yeah. about facing Ali. And. Uh, when you had to, I mean, you had to look across that corner, and there he was, and there's Jack Dempsey. Whew. You know, yeah, and that, you that, there was, yeah. they love to put fear in you yeah. before it started. Yeah. Wow. Let's do Super Bowl. Hang on, Joe. The one and only Joe, Joe Williams, the hitman, Peter Boyles. We're waiting for Sandy Clough. See what happens. David Ellis. Now, you've heard me talk. By the way, here comes Valentine's Day. Take your valuables to David Ellis Jewelers and get a fortune in cash and secure an appraisal from David from all the valuables that you have tucked away in your home. It is true. I'll share the other reasons to see David just in case you do not have a Rolex or a rare coin set or a silver tea set. See David Ellis for all your most meaningful gift-giving occasions. David Ellis Jewelers has just the right item, just the right price for special people that mean the most to you. An antique watch, an emerald pennant, a gold necklace, a diamond ring. Trusted jeweler has been buying precious metals and antiques here in Colorado for decades. Dazzling cases filled with hundreds of new and used pieces your loved ones will treasure. Valentine's Day is here. See the man. David Ellis Jewelers, look for your look for yourself. The black awning on the corner of 3rd and Clayton and Cherry Creek. Park and walk in six days a week. David's there now. DavidEllisJewelry.com or call David at 303-322-8779. 303-322-8779. Dave, tell David, David Ellis, Peter Boyle sent you. On Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Saturday morning before the Super Bowl, Joe Williams on hold. Saturday 35, snow continues off and on. 
38 on Sunday, Monday, 43 degrees. Back here next Saturday morning, indeed. Our friends at HBOT Spa, what does HBOT stand for? It's hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Now, you've listened to my daughter and I talk about this involving breathing pure oxygen in a pressurized chamber. The high oxygen environment enhances healing by boosting oxygen delivery to tissues, reducing inflammation, promoting recovery from various conditions. From and for pro athletes, stay-at-home moms, hyperbaric oxygen therapy helps people of all ages, all walks of life. The HBOT Spa offers a revolutionary, non-invasive way to help you improve your quality of life. The benefits of oxygen therapy range from anti-aging, peak performance, to post-surgical recovery and healing. Increasing oxygen levels stimulate the release of stem cells and improves the body's innate ability to heal itself. On the up and up, you guys. The, the HBOT Spa Experience includes neurofeedback and vitamin therapy and complete mind and body health. I recommend the HBOT Spa. They've helped me personally and my daughter as well. Open in Cherry Creek, Cherry Creek North. Call and make an appointment 303-353-9623. Again, 303-353-9623. Make the appointment and try it. Visit them online, the HBOTSpa.com. Learn more, 303-353-9623. Our guest, as we go into the Super Bowl weekend, the one, the only, Joe Williams, Super Bowl 58 hit, man. Um, it's a, what is now this become the biggest sporting event in the world? A music program? We've got to get here. Where is he? <laughs> say it again. Say it, say it again. Oh, I love talking to Sandy. We don't, do we have him on? Do we have Sandy? We do. We're talking to him right now. Give me a second. Lou's throwing switches. We got him. I'm waiting, looking for Lou to say yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Sandy Clough joins us. Hey, Sandy, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Peter. Sorry about my phone problem. No, not a problem. Uh, Joe and I were talking about a bunch of different things. One of the, one of the things we talked about when we opened was uh, Larry Zimmer's funeral, and you really worked with Larry. I mean, that's when I first met you. Yeah. Was it KOA? I want to take a minute with Larry. Well, uh, Larry was one of the great gentlemen uh, that I've come across in, in the business. Um uh, he was uh, the associate sports director uh, alongside Bob Martin at KOA Radio when I first came to town in 1979. And uh, it, I was treated very, very well, much uh, more favorably treated than I deserved to be at the time. But Larry really stood out uh, as someone who had been in the business uh, by that time, I want to say for geez, well over a decade, uh, he came out to Denver in 1971. He became the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes at that point and the, the analyst alongside Bob Martin again on Denver Bronco broadcast oh, yeah. on KOA radio. And he remained in that role. I thought he was one of the best, most versatile play by play men ever, but more importantly to me, uh, he was 
not so much a mentor, but someone I could go to if I was struggling with something. And he would understand. I mean, I was learning the business, Peter, from scratch. Uh, when I got to know you, I wasn't quite as raw. I was still pretty raw. But Larry helped smooth out some of the rough edges and spared me some uh, uh, potentially very difficult times. Uh, he was also someone I could uh, confide in, even though uh, uh, he was much older than I was. Uh, he, he was very, very secure in who he was and what he was about. And um, I, I just have nothing but good memories of uh, uh, my association with Larry during my time at KOA for uh, roughly a decade. I was telling Pete, you. I, yeah. Pete, I agree with everything Sandy just said about Larry. But let me tell you something. Larry had a lot to work with there. Sandy Club, and I've heard them all. I've heard them all, everybody, everywhere. There isn't a more knowledgeable guy behind, sitting behind the mic talking sports than the guy we've got on right now. I guarantee you well, that. I agree. And, again, it's, it was, it was a, in a private um, ceremony, the funeral, Larry's funeral. But Dave Logan got up, and um, we were all there when, uh, when Irv Brown's boys stood up for Irv, which I thought was right. Oh, I mean, you could see the love and feel it. And uh, when Rick Barber died, the guys that got up for Rick Barber just were yes. incredible. And uh, Dave yesterday, and it's it's Dave's story, but he told this incredible story about he and Larry. And uh, it just it was just you know you hope that someday you know somebody's in a some hall somewhere or a church somewhere and treats you like Larry was treated by those guys and. It was. It, it's a reflection. I mean, the same thing was true when Irv died. I mean, that was yes. that, that was almost a public. Well, it became a public funeral. So, and he was he was he was Joe's mentor. Was was Irv? Wasn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. Irv brought a lot of guys into the business. Brought Dave in. A lot of them. Brought Dave in. Yeah. 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 A lot of them. Yeah. He could spot them. He he really did and. You know, Hal, Hal Moore put Irv on, and, and Irv was always told that story about working for Hal and saying, what do you want me to do again? It was read the scores. <laughs> Amazing stuff. So Super Bowl 58, tomorrow afternoon, you guys. The biggest night in football is tomorrow night. The Niners are set to play for the Lombardi Trophy. So the Chiefs and the Niners... All right, pick them. Hitman, you first. What do you think? Well, I expect a lot of suspense. I think it's going to be a very good game. Uh, some of the Super Bowls, as we know, have not lived up to the billing for whatever reason. But I think this one will. Uh, I think it may not be a very high-scoring game, you know, but I think it will be uh, a lot of suspense. And I think we might not know the winner, you know, until right to the, to the very end. Uh, the 49ers have not been playing their best football, and uh, they're still favored somehow uh, in the game. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad Joe is equally puzzled by that because uh, I, I, I actually, I'll give my thoughts on the game in a second, but the one thing I haven't been able to understand is how so many uh, that I've read and heard are picking the Chiefs to win the game, and yet the 49ers are favored. 
how are the 49ers favored? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the number doesn't seem right at all. Uh, but I, I do expect that uh, uh, I, I think it's going to be a good game, and I think it uh, very possibly could you know be one of those finishes that everybody likes. I don't think that uh, despite what the 49ers have been looking like, you know, uh, it's possible that they can up their play the, the way they were playing earlier in the year when it looked like, uh, Sandy, I think you would agree. Most people think 1 through 53, they've got the best roster in the league, wouldn't you say? I mean, I'll agree with that. I'll agree yeah. with that. They have more star power than anybody, and yeah. that would include the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. But it's hard. When you're talking about games like this, I mean, uh, Number 15 is, uh, I've never seen really a player like him exactly. He is, uh, they call him a jack of all trades. I mean, that doesn't do him justice, but he can figure out so many ways to win games, uh, even when he's not playing very well. And everybody goes through their ups and downs. I don't care who it is. Uh, you're, uh, uh, you're, you're bound to hit, uh, you know, a couple of uh, bumps in the road and things aren't maybe going your way and maybe you're a little off. But he figures out a way to rectify that. And uh, picking against him, I think you do that at your own peril. Uh, if you're asking me, I mean, I'll go, I got to go with the Chiefs. Sandy, your turn. I'll go, I'll go the other way, but I want to really uh, underscore what Joe just said. That's the greatness of Mahomes. There is no one to whom you can compare him. Wow. Oh. Because his style is unique. I mean, with Elway, you could compare his arm to Bradshaw's arm. You could compare uh, his release with Joe Namath's release. Uh, and he would, it, it, Elway could run. Namath could at one time, too, until uh, his knee problems began to take hold, uh, even back uh, during his college days at Alabama. You could compare Elway with other quarterbacks. You could compare Montana with other quarterbacks. Maybe even compare Peyton Manning, Tom Brady with other quarterbacks. There's not a quarterback who, play, who played the way Mahomes plays. I'm not saying he's the greatest quarterback. I'm just saying there's no one who plays the game in the fashion that he does, and Joe just outlined uh, all the reasons that make him one of a kind. Well, you know, I, when I'm going to go the other when, way. When you consider ahead, his age, I think, well, when you consider his age, he's like 28 years old maybe. I don't know. He's 28, yeah. 29 at the most. You know, he might be able to play 10 more years. And doing what he's Easily. doing right now, you know, I, I think history will be the judge, but he's on his way to becoming, I, I think, the best player you've, anybody's ever seen. I, I, I already believe he can, he can do things I've never seen anybody else do, I'll tell you that. He, if, if Kansas City wins tomorrow, and if Kansas City wins, let's face it, Mahomes will have a lot to do with it, if not everything to do with it. He'll have three Super Bowl wins in his first, what, six years in the league? <laughs> that puts That's him right. on a pretty short list right then and there. And, well, and I have a feeling five, that they win tomorrow, they'll win again. Yeah, and he's yeah. played in five already, his first, su- right. his first six years in the league. Right, he's played in exactly. five already. Who, 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 who's done that? Brady didn't do that. 
No. Brady didn't play nope. in five in his first six years. No. So, I, I mean, no. Montana didn't play in five in his first no. six years. Elway didn't obviously play in five in his first six years. Listen, uh, it, it, there's every reason and every logical, um, analytical bone in my body says go with Kansas City. Um I, I'll be honest, Peter. I'm going to go the other way in part for sentimental reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I acknowledge that. Uh, uh, I uh, like and admire Mike Shanahan. I don't know Kyle nearly as well. But uh, I, I think uh, if he gets one here, uh, he might not stop at one either. He might he might get a few more. Uh I think he's got a quarterback he can trust, finally. I don't think Kyle, even as an assistant coach, certainly not as a head coach, has ever had a quarterback he could truly trust. I think he had one now in Brock Purdy. And I know I'm going back to a game that was played four years ago. Uh, This is a Super Bowl rematch of sorts. And I know the rosters have turned over substantially since. There are only, I think, about a half dozen players uh, on, on both sides who were around for that game four years ago. But the 49ers for 53 minutes looked like they had that game. They were up 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter, about halfway through the fourth quarter. And Kansas City began to rally. Garoppolo disintegrated. Mahomes hit all his receivers. And Garoppolo missed Emmanuel Sanders with what would have been, I think, probably the game-clinching touchdown pass. Uh, Shanahan did not trust Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who went two for nine for 24 yards in the last seven and a half minutes of the game. I think he has Purdy now. He has Trent Williams now at left tackle. He has Christian McCaffrey, who probably the best running back in the league. Uh, he has Debo Samuel, who's not a rookie. He was a rookie in 2019 uh, during the, the last Super Bowl play between these two teams. And, uh, and Brandon Ayuk hadn't been drafted yet by the 49ers. Now, I do think this. Uh, I will grant uh, anyone who picks the Chiefs uh, this element of the, the argument. The San Francisco defense is not as good as it was four years ago. It is just not. Uh, they they had DeForest Buckner back then, an interior defensive lineman uh, who was terrific. He's moved on. I don't think they've ever really replaced him. But uh, I, I I agree with Joe wholeheartedly. I think it'll be a I mean, game that goes down to the last five minutes like the last one was between these two teams, and the 49ers will win 27-24. Well, I, I, I like the Chiefs coordinator, Spagnola, over uh, Wilts, the uh, 49er coordinator. I think the 49er defense, for whatever reason, uh, I think they lost a lot when the, the Miko Ryan's left. I don't think it's the same. I, they don't seem to have the same. Come up with the same answers. You got to come up with a few answers. Let know, me let me throw game. this. Let me throw this one in, and then pause and come back. Taylor Swift. How did this young woman become politicized and become the darling of the Super Bowl? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious as a heart attack. I'm serious as a heart attack, and now she's become part of. Uh, all kinds of conspiracy theories, and she's dating Kelsey. Begins and ends with That's that. All. Yeah, she's dating Kelsey. Yeah, go, go bring she's dating it, Kelsey. Bring it back. Let the me, thing let, I like the most, a quick story. Sure, quick story. And 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 Joe may have picked up on this too, watching the game it, it, two weeks ago in the, in the conference championship game. The Chiefs are playing Baltimore in Baltimore, and the Chiefs win the game. And she comes down yeah. uh, after the game onto the field, and they're all on the podium. 
and the cameras come in tight, yep. and you can see Kelsey kind of turn to block the cameras yeah. from uh, photographing her, right? Yeah. And you can read her lips, because they've gone in tight. You can read her lips saying, I don't give a bleep, because Kelsey's trying to protect her. Yes. And she's saying, I don't give a bleep about all these cameras. And then Donald Trump. I'm not here for the cameras. I'm not here for a photo op. And the, I'm here for you. And then Donald. I thought that was great. And then Donald Trump gets involved. Hang on, everybody. We'll come back and take everybody's ideas on this one. Joe Williams, the hitman. Sandy Clough. And I, like I said, I don't understand all of this as well, but the Super Bowl is tomorrow. The Black Eyed Pea, get this baby catered, locally owned and operated. Steve and Michelle love the restaurants, eight locations. Be sure there's one near you, and there is. What are your plans for Valentine's Day? What are your plans for the Super Bowl? The Black Eyed Pea delicious special is on Valentine's on the 14th. 12-ounce hand-cut prime rib, 35 bucks. Choose the grilled salmon for 28 bucks. Maybe it's steak and shrimp. You're wanting on Valentine's Day for $35. All entrees come with soup and salad, two sides, cup of cherry or peach cobbler with ice cream. Plan to spend Valentine's Day or again tomorrow getting catered food for the Super Bowl. No matter what the occasion, the Black Eyed Pea cards are always great. Download the Black Eyed Pea app. Go to the website and select Pickup. So you can place your order without having to call in. Just pick it up and take it home and watch the game. Everything and anything they do, I tell you what, you'll love them. Let them do the cooking for you. And keep it in Colorado. Visit the Black Eyed Pea near you. Listen to podcast of the Peter Boyle Show at 710KNUS. There you go. Not as good as it once was. I love the tune. Here before. Saturday morning, everyone, 35, and now snow. We lost Toby Keith this week. 38 on Sunday. Ski season's now here in full swing, and snow's great in the mountains. Winter Park is amazing. Time to get to Larson Ski and Sport and see all the new gear for the season. A lot of people don't even try to ski until into February like we are now. Sun's out more and snow's better. If you're a renter. And again, you got to go rent skis for your kids, snowboards for your kids and grandkids. Next year, they're going to be too small. Jack Larson, Jack, Jack Larson, Jack Marriott uh, at Larson's, and of course, John Marriott and Paul and everybody. Take the time to get to know you and your family and match you up with all the right brands so you can enjoy your time on the hill. There's no re-entry boots, rear-entry boots have come back. Larson's is so convenient. You can have heated boots. Stop on your way up the hill or on your way home if something happens. Drop off for a tune. The big wooden building, south of I-70 on Kipling. So John Marriott and the guys at Larson's, absolute experts at everything they, you will need for winter sports. Westbound on I-70, get off on the Kipling exit, come down the ramp, make a left, go underneath I-70, come out the other side. Seven days a week, you see a first big wooden building. That's the Crab Shack. Next one, Larson Ski and Sports. Seven days a week, everything that you need. Final couple minutes with Sandy Clough and Joe Williams, the hitman. Um, I brought up Taylor Swift, and now Donald Trump said he's more popular than she is. How do these people manage to do that in football games? Final comment, Joe. Yeah, what was the question again about Donald I, Trump? I said, how do they always manage to get into these things? And I don't, I don't know. And Taylor <laughs> Swift, I mean, I, I don't have any idea. You know, she's isn't she the most popular entertainer in the world? I'm asking. No, I that, don't know. Yes, that. yes, yes. And Donald Trump right. said he was. He was okay. He yeah. was more well, popular. I can under, I can, okay, I, I get, I get that on his part. I 
and I guess the reason the fact that she's dating uh, uh, Kelsey, uh, that would no- normally the most popular entertainer in the world, normally doesn't, you know, I mean, doesn't she sell out more concerts? Doesn't she make more money than everybody in the world who sings? I think so. I think she does. I mean, yes. in her performances. Well, I guess that explains it right there. And I don't know what she sees in Kelsey, but of course, I don't know what my wife saw in me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm at a loss, fellas. It's been great talking to you, Sandy. Your Boys. turn. Time final comment, Sandy. Uh, yeah, just final thoughts. Uh, I think it'll be a great game tomorrow, and. Uh, we we need a break, don't we all, yeah, yeah. from all this nonsense? And uh, I, I think there'll be uh, some purity to the game tomorrow. I mean, the last five years, the two best teams in the NFL have been the Chiefs and the 49ers, mm-hmm. and it's uh, uh, going to be a terrific game, I think. And at least for four hours, we'll be able to escape all, all the noise and the nonsense. Love you both. Sandy, thank you. As always, the hit man. You make it work. Talk to you guys. Have a good day, man. All right, everybody. That takes care of it. Thanks, Lou. And the cold weather continues.